As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everyday MBA, episode 26. You work hard in your career and you deserve to know what it takes to get to the top. This is Everyday MBA, interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. This is the show that will help you take your career to the next level. And now, here's your host, Kevin Crane. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday MBA. I'm so pleased that you're listening. You know, a lot of attention in business these days is focused on acquiring new customers. But did you know that it costs six or seven times more to land a new customer than it does to sell to an existing one? Your current customers are more profitable, too. A repeat customer spends over two-thirds more than a new one, and 94% of customers who have had a great service experience will buy from you again. Clearly, it makes good business sense to keep your existing customers engaged and coming back for more. And that's what I'll be talking about with today's guest, Peter Shankman. The New York Times called Peter a public relations all-star who knows everything about new media and then some, while Investors Business Daily labeled him as crazy but effective. Indeed, Peter Shankman is a spectacular example of what happens when you merge the power of creativity with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and a dose of adventure and make it all work to your advantage. He's the author of the best-selling book, Nice Companies Finish First, Why Cutthroat Management is Over and Collaboration is In. And he's with me today to talk about his new book, Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. Stay tuned after the interview for five action items that you can do starting today and for the rest of the week and beyond to begin to take advantage of the ideas and advice in this interview. And we'll have a few listener shout-outs in the second half. Now, on to the interview. Peter Shankman, welcome to the show. Zombie Loyalists. Now, that is an interesting title. What do you mean by Zombie Loyalists? A zombie loyalist is someone who, uh, you know, has such an amazing experience with your business and has such an incredible uh, customer service experience that they all they want to do is really bring their friends back. They want to bring people. They want to talk about you online. They want to share their experience with the world and, in turn, bring you a lot more business. You give a pretty scary statistic in the first few pages of your book that 80% of businesses believe they are delivering superior customer service, but only 8% of those businesses customers agree. That's a huge disconnect. What happened? It is a little frightening. Uh, you know, the problem is, is that most CEOs, they live in this sort of 
glass bubble where, where they had their underlings and their underlings were telling them, oh, everything's great, we're having an amazing time, this is going so well. But, you know, they don't actually talk to the customers, talk to the consumers, ask the, the people who are purchasing their products or their services how they're doing. Uh, a great example of that is uh, cell phone companies. You know, Verizon might, uh, you know, we have the best service, the best uh, connectivity and everything, except uh, if you call them and all you get is a, um, uh, you know, an automated uh, phone tree or, or you get a person who only says, um, what, what he's allowed to say on the script, you have a problem. So you've got to be aware of that. I have to agree. I've had that same experience with Verizon and wasn't necessarily happy with the service. Why do you believe that customers these days expect to be treated poorly in this way? We've come to expect things like, you know, crummy service from providers' service, uh, crappy fast food, airline delays, these kinds of things. How did this come to be, and does that really make it easier for us to create zombie loyalists? Well, it's pretty amazing. You know, we, we expect such crap service. We expect just horrible. You know, when we have an experience where we go on the airplane and it takes off on time and arrives on time, uh, we're thrilled. And the irony of that is we're thrilled that we got the exact experience we paid for. You know, that thrills us. How sad is that? That thrills us. Uh, uh, not even, service isn't even great. It's just okay, and we're happy. You know, when it becomes big, when, when you do something amazing, when people love what you're doing, you go out of your way to do something really nice, then they start telling the world about you. That's really the, the cool part is, you know, uh, a simple smile, a free drink, whatever the case may be. And we're moving into this sort of uh, customer-centric economy where the network will know everything we do, you know, and, and whether our experience is good or bad, that will be shared. I'm speaking with Peter Shankman, author of Zombie Loyalists, using great service to create rabid fans. It's time for a quick break, but when we get back, I'm going to ask Peter, what is stopping companies from creating zombie loyalists, and how can we take advantage of the current market and cultural conditions that Peter says are a perfect breeding ground for zombie loyalists? So stick around. I'm Kevin Crane, and we'll be back in 30 seconds. Hi, this is Scott Halford, author of Activate Your Brain, and you're listening to Everyday MBA with Kevin Crane. And now, a word from our sponsor, me, Kevin Crane, and Crane Communications Group. Folks, I'm a writer, editor, and marketing communications consultant, and I've been pleased to be the written voice for some of North America's leading brands. And a bunch of great entrepreneurs and small and mid-sized companies all working to create compelling knowledge leadership content for the web, white papers, blogs, and social media. And I'd like to talk with you, too, about how I can help and make a difference. To find out more, visit my website at cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. I'm easy to find. Let's talk soon. You're listening to Everyday MBA. Welcome back. My guest today is Peter Shankman, marketing maverick, business visionary, and best-selling author of the new book, Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. Peter, you say that current cultural conditions are creating a breeding ground for zombie loyalists. How so, and does that actually present an opportunity for companies today? When the average expectation of customer service is bad, and all you're expecting is, you know, average to below average, the simple act of taking care of your customers one level above crap you know, will drive, uh, drive revenue up and drive your customers back to you. Uh, two levels, three levels, four levels, five levels above crap to the point where it's actually good uh, will drive tremendous exposure to your business. Um, 
we are moving into a customer service economy, and and you know the, the first rule of thumb is that the customer service people should have access on open access pass to anyone in the business who they can talk to when there's a problem because they will be I always will be the first ones to know what's going on and when there's a problem in the world with your client you know with your customer with your product whatever and so if you're able to have that open line of communication and they tell you you could fix the problem before it really becomes something bigger. So it sounds like that disconnect is one of the biggest problems that keeps C-suite leaders from creating zombie loyalists, getting in and, and being effective here. What are some of the other barriers? Well, you know, a lot of companies worry about money. A perfect example is, um, you know, you see an airline who, um, who is focusing on, the, well, I'll take it back a second. The biggest problem is the fact that CEOs and C-suite leaders have to respond to a board of directors that expects profits every week or every, every quarter. The problem is, is that if you expect profits every quarter, you can't really put in long-term plays to get rising profits over the next, say, quarter century. And so you get those profits, you get those profits, but you never actually address the bigger picture, which is that the company needs to be empathetic and needs to care. And if the company doesn't care, then those profits are not going to last for long. You know, you look at uh, companies who go out of their way to be nice, um, and you see tremendous results. You know, uh, when when um, uh, Star uh, Starbucks started offering um, college credit tuition tuition credit to their employees, they got tremendous exposure out of it. Um, it did not cost them an arm and a leg, and they're actually more well respected as a company now than they were before, and their revenues are increasing. So you need to be aware of that. You know, it's 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 nice to have. It's nice to focus on the bottom line but it's nicer to focus on being nice. You mentioned Starbucks. You share a number of stories in your book as different examples uh, in different industries and verticals. How will those stories help our listeners start thinking in their own spaces and their own industries? Well, Starbucks, I mean, I, I love the story about Starbucks. There's a running club that a friend of mine runs, and she's actually mentioned in the book. She, she has this running club, uh, and she, they always meet at 5 a.m. outside of the Starbucks, and that's where they run. And Starbucks noticed this and started leaving little cups of water for them for when they returned from their run. And, uh, you know, it's the simplest thing in the world. It's water and, and little cups. What does that cost, right? Nothing. But the amount of uh, times that they did this and then would go into that, the people would go into that Starbucks after, grab a latte, sit down, talk, hang out, bring other friends. You know, what did it cost to give them that water? Nothing, but they're generating revenue from it. Yes, I hear that from other guests. I've interviewed recently Michael Houlihan, Bonnie Harvey from uh, Barefoot Wines talk a lot about those kinds of simple and almost heartfelt kinds of strategies that build brand loyalty and recognition. What are some other strategies you can suggest? Well, definitely being aware of the customer. The number one thing you can do is empathy. You know, every customer who comes in wanting something, having a problem, whatever it is, they have an issue, they need it fixed. When you can fix that issue, you become the best person in the world to them. And that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to show that you care. You're not just a company, but you do care about what's going on, and you're going to help them. How does social media fit in all that? Well, you know, it's not even so. I mean, we're calling it social media now, but within five years, it's going to be the network. You know, when I have, if I go to a hotel and I stay there and I have an amazing experience, let's say I go to L.A. and I stay at a hotel, uh, within five years, probably less than that, if any of my friends are, are looking for a hotel in L.A., the first thing they're going to see when they start searching is my experience there, uh, my Instagram photos, my texts, my tweets. My Facebook post was my sentiment positive or negative in those posts, and depending on what that sentiment was, that will show uh, that will show up. And and you know you, you can see it now in Google when I go into Google Maps and I look for houses or something like that. Uh, the first thing I see is anyone who's been to a steakhouse in my network uh, on Google Plus, and if they had a good time, I'll see that already. So it's not about advertising or marketing anymore; it's about 
everything that happens in the network, and that comes back to customer service. And companies that realize that and just focus 1% better on customer service will see a tremendous increase in revenue. Well, you say it all starts with the employees. It has to. You know, you have to, uh, the employees have to understand they are the first and foremost uh, uh, barrier to success or barrier to failure. Any, it takes every single employee to keep a company alive. It only takes one employee to kill it. That's really important. Well, we've talked about zombie loyalists. What, how is a zombie loyalist different than a regular loyal customer? Well, a loyal customer might, might uh, come back every once in a while, but a zombie loyalist feels like they were given something special. And as such, they will go out of their way to drag friends with them and bring people with them and, and by, by default, generating more revenue for the company. How do you do that? I mean, it might be easier to do that if you have something like a wine brand that is sort of fun and sexy or whatever. How do you do that with with a product or a service that's less flamboyant? It might be, you know, software or something. Look at an oil change company, okay? This, there's an oil change company in upstate New York that simply reaches out to their customers in three months and says, hey, Mark, it's Tony. I changed your oil three months ago. Just want to let you know you probably do. Um, I'm working Thursday and Friday. Come and look for me. I'll give you 10% off. Okay, that's a call to action. It's, it's, a, it's a savings. You know, bring a friend. I'll give him 10% off too. It's a savings. It's a call to action. And it's a way to increase and grow the brand simply by doing something nice. So what you're saying is it's worth, this, it's worth our time to sprinkle in a few percentages of our attention and effort into this because the payoff, perhaps not today, but down the line is going to be great. That's the key. We need to stop thinking about it as the next quarter or the next, you know, we need to start thinking about the next quarter century. Peter, it's been great speaking with you today. We're running short on time, but before I let you go, I like to ask each of my guests this one last question. What was the best piece of advice you ever received and how has it shaped who you are? Best piece of advice I ever received was from the general manager of the New Jersey Devils hockey team, a man named Lou Lamorello, who told me once that good isn't good enough when better is expected. And I've always tried to remember that. It has, it has, pretty much shaped everything I've done in terms of how I act towards people, how I want people to act towards me. Uh, I think that a lot of my success is due to that quote. That's Peter Shankman, author of Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. Peter, thanks a lot for being my guest today. My pleasure. That's Peter Shankman. Get his book, Zombie Loyalists, at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. Look, Here's the deal, you're going to buy from Amazon anyway, so why not use our link? When you do, just a little bit goes to help support this show and our authors. That's everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. It's time for another quick break, but stay with me when I return with five action items that you can do starting today and for the rest of the week and beyond to begin to take advantage of the ideas and advice in Zombie Loyalists. And we'll have a few listener shout-outs right after this. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Everyday MBA with Kevin Crane. You must be prepared to ignite. Do you want to get into podcasting, but don't have the time, technology, or expertise to get it done? Maybe you want to create a podcast for your company or feature a happy customer in an audio interview of their own. My audio podcasting services give voice to your success and expertise. I'll create the questions, conduct the interview, and produce a final audio file ready for publication. So, if you like what I do, why not let me do it for you? Find out more at cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. You're listening to Everyday MBA. Welcome back. 
On deck, I have five action items, things you can do to take advantage of the ideas and advice in Zombie Loyalists. But first, I want to take just a moment to say thank you to our listeners who took a moment of their time to leave a reading and review on iTunes. You know, it really helps us out. You can leave yours at everyday-mba.com slash iTunes. Now, a big shout out and a big thank you to Cheryl Leverage, who left a very thoughtful review and five stars. I'm so glad that you like the quality of the guests and the audio quality of the show. Thank you so much for listening and for your kind words. Also, Organize Mindfully, thank you for your comments. Glad you liked the live report from Podcast Movement. That was a lot of fun to put together. J.V. Crum, thank you. I truly appreciate your kind words about the show. And Roy Chumley, thank you too. And there are more. I don't have time to thank everyone who left a review on iTunes, but I do want to thank everyone. I'm so glad you're listening. Leave yours at everyday-mba.com slash iTunes. Now, here are our five action items for this week. Action items to create zombie loyalists. Number one, make your customers zombies. It's one thing to land a new customer, but it's another to keep that customer engaged and coming back for more. And I really think that's at the heart of what Peter is all about with Zombie Loyalists. Often in our rush to acquire new customers, we can overlook the need to pay attention to the systems and the processes that serve existing customers and how important they are. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it costs more, six or seven times more, to land a new customer than it does to sell to an existing one. So to me, it makes good business sense to ensure that the systems and processes that we have in place are working to optimize uh, the experience of customers when they buy from us or work with us. Um, indeed, Robbie Kelman Baxter talks about a, a kind of a similar idea when she talks about the idea of a forever customer, a customer that that keeps coming back for more and is much more likely to refer you or your company to their friends, their family, and their colleagues. And you can hear that great interview I did with her and learn more about her book, The Membership Economy, in Episode 7. Just go to everyday-mba.com slash 7. So, action item number one. How can you make your customers zombies? <laughs> how can you provide a consistent and awesome experience such that they love working with you so much or buying from you so much that they won't think of anything or anybody else. No other competitor will do, because they're zombies. <laughs> they're zombie loyalists for your brand. Number two, build brand advocates. Now that you have loyal customers, how can you make your zombies do your bidding? <laughs> In other words, it's great that you have loyal customers coming back for more, but how can you turn those loyal customers into brand advocates, folks that are so happy with their experience with you, your services or your products, that they can't help but refer you to their family and their friends? The power of word of mouth has never been more powerful, especially today when that word of mouth might literally mean a social media post or a re recommendation online that can potentially reach hundreds or thousands of people around the world. One good example is Yelp. You know, I look at reviews on Yelp all the time, and I can tell when a customer has had such a great experience that they just can't help but share it. I love that. And you can tell that the reviewer has had such a great customer experience, and you can also tell when they haven't had a very good experience at all. So <laughs> number two, how can you incentivize your happy customers to be more than just happy? How can you inspire them to be brand advocates? One way is through official rewards programs and referral programs that reward your customers for referring you. 
Another way is to support local or even national community efforts or events that mean something to your customers. Working to be a part of something that means something to them and then connecting your loyalty programs, your marketing campaigns, your outreach to that, really giving your customers yet another reason to become a brand advocate. Number three, first impressions count. You know the old saying, never judge a book by its cover? Well, don't you believe it? <laughs> People do judge a book by its cover. And the other old adage, you never get a second chance to make a first impression, is really much better advice to follow. Indeed, researchers tell us that consumers often make a buying decision within the first seven seconds. That means that the first impression, either good or bad, that you give a new customer is immediate and can be almost impossible to turn around uh, if it's a bad impression. So action item number three is to consider what kinds of first impressions do customers get when they first interact with you. And that first interaction, that first impression can be had in a number of ways. Is it that first phone call or is it that first time they visit your website or is it the first time they see one of your postings on Twitter or maybe the first time they see your LinkedIn profile? Did they get a first impression of you or your company or your product or your service in the media or, or did they see you at a conference? You see, that first impression can be killer and can come from any number of places. So action item number three, Assess where people may get a first impression and what that first impression is. Is it excellent? Does it work to begin that forever customer relationship? Or do you have some more work to do to shore up all of those potential first impressions? Number four, listen. Have you ever received a bad review? You know, as a writer and a podcaster, and in my previous life as a performing guitarist and musician, you know, I found it wasn't uncommon to receive bad reviews now and then. Hopefully good reviews, but some bad. And as I mentioned a minute ago regarding Yelp, there are a bunch of places that businesses and products and services are, are all reviewed. Um, you know, I took a trip with a town car driver just a week or two ago, going to the airport. Uh, you know, I prefer a town car to a taxi or even Uber. And um, he was great. Uh, I chose this certain driver because of his reviews online. You know, not every town car service uh, has a good reputation out there, but this guy, he killed it. He literally had, I don't know, up to maybe a hundred reviews on Yelp. All of them were five-star reviews, and I could tell that his customers were really super happy, and uh, many of them were super um, enthusiastic about passing uh, that recommendation on. And during my trip with him, I asked him what he felt his secret was to getting such great reviews and, you know, how he could kind of engender customers who couldn't wait to refer him online. And he said that the secret was to listen. You see, he had recently struck out on his own and started his own business as a luxury town car service. After working for another provider in town, one of the ones that I didn't choose because of their mixed reviews online. And he, and he kind of chuckled a bit when I told him about this. Because apparently his previous employer was really more interested in arguing back and forth online with, with those customers that were disgruntled and, and uh, how the service really wasn't his fault. <laughs> um, and so my guy, when he started his business, he, um, 
he worked to ensure that those very things were the things that he focused on, the very things that customers often complained about, being late, uh, a lack of communication. Those were kind of the typical things. So he made them on the top of his priority list. And sure enough, he he was not late and he was great in communications. And um, and he ultimately, he said, gee, you know, it was kind of easy to stand out. All I had to do was listen. And finally, number five, create distinction. How can you turn your customers into zombie loyalists? Well, you've got to create distinction. How are you different? How are you better? How are you more awesome than your competition? And to stick with the taxi town car analogy, I had a great interview with Scott McCain uh, way back um, in episode two of Everyday MBA. He's the author of the book, The Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, where he talks about a rather epiphanal cab ride that he had with a taxi driver named Terry. And he outlines seven steps to create distinction uh, using Taxi Terry as an example throughout the book. And if you'd like to hear that really awesome interview with Scott McCain, just check out episode two of Everyday MBA at everyday-mba.com slash zero zero two. That's episode two with Scott McCain. Has some great tips and advice. But my point today is... In what ways are you distinctive from your competition? And, you know, to answer this question, you need to think objectively. You can't be like that cab driver owner who didn't listen and just argued. (laughs) How can you be different? How can you be superior? How can it be more awesome than your competitor? And how can you put systems in place that support that distinctive quality on a consistent basis? There we have our five action items for this week. Five things that you can do starting today and for the rest of the week and beyond to begin to take advantage of the ideas and advice in Zombie Loyalists. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Peter Shankman. Get his book at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. And if you like what we do here at Everyday MBA, don't be shy. Tell a friend about the show or give us a shout out on social media. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever great podcasts are found. And as always, you can find me and connect with the show at everyday-mba.com. That'll do it for this episode of Everyday MBA. Join me next time when I continue to talk with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. This is Everyday MBA. Thanks for listening. You've just heard an incredible interview, and you've received five actionable steps that you can put in motion today and for the rest of the week. But there's much more to come. Visit everyday-mba.com slash iTunes to subscribe and leave your rating and review for the show. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be on your way to gaining the success you've dreamed of. We'll talk to you next time on Everyday MBA.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.